Welcome back to The Brandon White Show, where we have conversations worth listening to give you an edge to win in your business and your life. I'm your host, Brandon White. Here we go. Today, we're going to try to hit the wave tops of what a control group is as it relates to 401k plans, the pitfalls that you need to be aware of to avoid so that you as a business owner do not get hit with penalties, fines, and actually contributions and a bunch of other things affecting your cash flow that you had not. Control groups are... I don't want to say a dangerous topic, but it's a very in-depth and it's not black and it's some things are black and white, but there's a lot of gray area and it, it really comes down to what's fair to the employees. I say this all the time. Fairness to the employees is like the number one rule that the IRS and ERISA and all these other entities are really trying to focus on. So a controlled group is very important for anyone who owns multiple companies or whether they're connected or not connected. And I want to kind of touch on on the high level, like you said, very just the wave points because I, I this could go very in depth, and we'll kind of cover all these little things. So, and and just to kind of start this off, at the end of the day, an employment attorney is who's going to determine if something comes up, who is a controlled group, and again, it's going to come down to the employees. They're going to lean towards the employees uh, of making sure that you, if you have to, you offer this to employees. If it's just you owning these other companies, then sometimes, most of the time, it's not a big deal. And a lot of times it's, yes, you have to use these two companies and you get to use more income to be able to deduct into the 4K. So a lot of times it's to the benefit. But a control group in general is their rules where the IRS is going to say, you have to include these plans and if you are a control group, summary would be you have to have one plan. You can't separate and have two plans. So a lot of the times this has to do with you own one company and there's no employees here, and then you own another company, but they do, but you have employees. It's kind of difficult to separate those two and not offer something to your employees. Okay. So that's kind of the, the, the summary of a controlled group. And there's really three rules, but again, it's there's a lot of gray area. The first one's called the parent subsidy. And this is really when a you own a corporation. Let's say you own Corporation A, but Corporation A owns Corporation B. And this is kind of like a flow through um, that Brandon, you and I have talked about before too. If the parent company, if you will, owns at least 80% of company B, then it is a controlled group. And a lot of times, you know, doctors do this quite a bit. You know, the, the, the one corporation entity will own, be the owner of the, the business that has all the, you know, the staff and the nursing staff and all that. And yes, you, you have to con- include both. So even though all the money is funneling through the one entity, you have to include both if, if it owns more than 80%. That's rule number one. Okay. Any questions on that one, Brandon? Because that's, that's usually the topic. No. Yeah, that, that's straightforward. And, and yes, and and I think for listeners out there, the reason that a business owner might want to do that, I, I'll use, we have a management company, that management company, and there's a bunch of other companies that have different structures. Our management company happens to be an S Corp for a bunch of reasons that if you're listening to this series, will get touched on all along the way. What it's designed to do 
the government doesn't want you as a business owner to say, I'm going to offer a 401k for my management company and the four employees that I have that manage my management company. And then in your doctor example, let's say all the nurses and assistants you've put into a separate company for mm-hmm. liability yeah. purposes and probably a few, a few other things and not offer them that 401k. If that management company owns 80% more of that company B that has your staff, you have, and you have a 401k plan in this management company, you must offer that same thing to the employees. And I think it's designed so that you can't just carve out this. They're helping generate, I think it comes down to they're helping, they're, they're a part of your business. They're generating income for you and you trying to exclude them from a benefit that you're only giving that's yourself. Right. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And and that that's usually that's the most common that we see. And the other one is, let's say, it's just an individual who owns these two companies, right? Whether there's you know tax reasons or or liability reasons, however it is, we see that quite a bit. And it's again, it's going to lean towards the employees, right? So, and you have to look at it from both sides. So, if you're trying to open it up, open up a plan and exclude your exclude the business that does not have employees, that's going to be a little bit easier, but right. And, and instead of the other side around, you know, you, if you try to open it up as the sole or the um, single member LLC or something, and there's no employees, and then you're trying to cut out the employees, it's just, it's not going to happen, especially if you own a hundred percent of each, which kind of goes into the next step. 50% is that threshold. So if you own a hundred percent of one, but only 50% or less, of the other, then it's not a controlled group. You don't have to worry about it. You can cut that out. So if you have a business partner of some sort. What about 50-50? So I'm just going to use a real world example. My wife and I, whether, I mean, we're considered mm-hmm. one person, I guess, but we're really two people even for, for the government's sake, right? You, you can file together, but you're still two people. If we each, let's say we, the management company is 50-50, and then one of us owns a hundred percent of one of our child companies, say that has a different business. Is that so a control you're, group? You're kind of dipping into a whole nother category, honestly, because it's because you're married, right? Okay, well then, stop. Yeah. okay, well, let's yeah. not do that. Let's not do that. Let's stick yeah. with category two, which is if you're under fifty percent because you have a partner and you're under 50% in that parent company, it is not a control correct. group. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and, and I'm just going to use that as a segue, actually, going into the next one. It's family attribution. And this has to do, so even, let's say, let's, for example, let's say, you know, you own one company, Brandon, and she owns a whole nother company and you have zero ownership in each other's business because you're related, because you're spouses. And if you have a major role in that company, then they're going to look at it. They're going to look at it twice. Let's put it that way. They're going to say, and, and a lot of, we've done this too, where we have combined it on purpose because both companies wanted a 401k plan. And for lower administration costs, we combined the two and we were able to make one plan. So that is a big, that is, you know, sometimes you do want a control group just for the cost purposes. So we've done that quite a bit. And, and again, it's, gray. The rules are black and white, but you have to look at it from all sides. They're not going to kind of just go with the, with 
what you think is the rule just because it states there. The employees are absolutely number one priority. And, you know, you this this is easier if you have, let's say, a day job and you are not the owner of the company and you have your own side business. You can do that as long as you are not... As long as that side business wasn't built to service your day job or the parent company, then it's not a control group and you can have two 401k plans, which we'll talk about how much you can contribute at a future episode too between these two and so on and so forth. But so I think to sum it up, if you're a control group, it's one plan. If it's not a control group, you can choose if you need separate plans and you can have different plans, meaning you can offer a different kind of plan to the employee, one with the employees versus what you have for yourself and so on and so forth. And I think the general test for people listening and or watching is if you're trying to maneuver yourself out of not having to give a company that you own and or your spouse owns so that you don't have to pay out money, you're probably not, it's probably not going to work. Not probably. It's, it's not going to work. You're not going to trick them. They, they built the rules to benefit employees who work for companies or the group of companies that you work for so, or own so that you don't have, so you can't carve out getting around something that you're not giving them the benefit. And I would say that's really Absolutely. The, the general rule, yeah, it, rule it's, here. They built this for the sole purpose to not cut out your employees. So they're going to try to bring them back into you. So, and they reach, ask me questions, reach out. If anybody has a question about this, don't try to do this on your own because it is, it's a dangerous game. It really, it can come back and get you if you're trying to do that. So do your research, reach out to whoever you work with and ask the question because it's better just to be sure of it. Yeah. I'll second that. You do not want to, I spent a lot of time reading the books about, all of this and the current laws and the IRS site and yada, yada. And it's just a lot of work. You're better off talking to someone like Matt or your, whoever you use who does this day in and day out. Because while this seems like one component of your business benefit to your team, it's actually a full-time yes. job to manage this, understand the rules and things are changing all the time. And, and you just don't want to get burned. It has implications not only for your business and your cash flow, but it has implications for the, your team members who work for you or with you because they could get checks back, have more taxes. There's just a hundred different things that can happen as a result of trying to do this yourself. And in some cases, you can't even do it yourself because you got to have a 401k fiduciary person yeah. who is in charge of the program, right? So- yeah, I think that summarizes it. I know, Matt, you, you warned me before we got on this episode that we could spend an entire hour, but the truth is we will never cover all the permutations that someone might have in edge cases, no pun intended here, that someone might have because the really answer is that's it a depends, great, that's but great. <laughs> you're not going to trick your, you're not going to trick your way out of not paying for people who work for your family. Yes, exactly. Well put. All right, man. Well, next episode, we're going to talk about, which we, we touched on here, how to stop getting 401k refund checks, which can cause a host of problems for you and yes. your teammates. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Talk for soon. joining us again.